Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble, with exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Let's go. What's up, everybody? Welcome to Binge Town TV. We are back with another spooky season episode of Mike Flanagan's The Midnight Club. Episode five titled See You Later and episode six titled Witch. I am just dying to crush this show. I'm dying. Mm -hmm. I need to get through it. I'm so excited to watch it. It's getting better and better every episode. I'm falling more and more in love with these characters. I don't want to say goodbye. They are super bonded by the end of six. I mean, come on. That is that is the definition of friendship and love. And I'm like, give me more. And at this point, I feel like they're going to cure somebody. <laughs> like, yeah. Like Anya's getting cured for sure. Yeah. Think so? Well, I'm hoping mm, so. I don't that's know. A good question. That's a. <laughs> I'm sure there's some type of like payoff or price Catch. i should say yes yeah, yeah yeah it's fucking nuts though this show this show is is great i mean i, I one adore the story that's happening at brightcliffe like the kids are are really like the meat of the mystery figuring out what's going on there but i just you know love the the setup where it you get a mini show inside of a show each mm -hmm. episode with with the storytelling it's just quick little one-off like almost creative writing pieces and they're just so fun to just uh like binge through and exactly what you're saying kathleen i just want to keep going and especially yeah. after like this one was like almost the worst way episode to break in between because the cliffhanger was nuts yeah you could argue it was the best one because now we can guess what's going to happen like i'm sure that's going to dictate a lot of our later conversations but yeah these two episodes were freaking awesome uh, see you later. The first one we're going to talk about has my favorite story so far. It didn't even feel like horror. It was more like Black Mirror, but it was still freaking awesome. And then episode six is the first one, I think, where we get multiple stories, multiple mm -hmm. ghosts in one episode. And that was cool because I'm I'm still so invested in Kevin's story about Dusty. Yes. And it's awesome that we're going to get a part three down the line, hopefully, as long as we're all alive, you know? So it, it's just so fun and i don't know if you guys have ever seen the show the netflix show that came out probably like a couple years ago uh, i think it was called manic and it was the emma stone and jonah hill oh like, yeah weird yeah oh, maniac. so maniac sorry sorry maniac while that show was like not that great it was still entertaining because each episode you got a set you got an adventure and it was exactly like this um just something yeah i know me too it's just something fresh every time you go in because you have the backdrop of this awesome mystery and these characters that were growing to love Plus a fun story every time. So these episodes were great and I'm ready to talk about them. 
All right. So as usual, we open at the close. So Anya is is hurting at the end of last episode. She's tipped over whether a shadow pushed that bitch over or she fell over because but she's so little. I would assume like if she were to just pass out, the wheelchair wouldn't just fall over. You know what I mean? Anyway, Mm -hmm. we open with Alanka trying to resuscitate her. She does come to. And then the next scene is really Alanka being mad that no one told her that Anya had a DNR, which is a really interesting concept. I mean, obviously, I know what a DNR is, but a DNR, like as Stan says, is like to an extent, like, I mean, if if you could get her back, get her back. But I feel like people want a DNR if they're going to come back and be uh, like lose ability, lose function. Yeah. So that was interesting. Um, obviously, that's something that's really prevalent in the house like that. But I thought that was an interesting scene. What'd you guys think? I never even thought about it. And them just bringing it up. I'm never in a situation where I need to think about that. And it's funny because my girlfriend's literally a nurse. Um, but anyway, uh, I, it's just a really interesting concept. Exactly what you're saying for that house. like And, and like a moral philosophical question. Do you yeah. resuscitate them or not? I want to talk about what the implications of how Stanton treated all of this, because to me, like these two episodes are making me feel like, well, yes, she has to be involved or know something on like a shady level. Why would she want Anya to have been like, I I don't get it. If there's an angle where she is either somehow connected to Julia or the Cole and she knows about all this, I don't get it. Like she's, she's so good at playing both sides. I don't know if she's actually evil and maybe she truly is just a red herring for all of us to be like, Damn, like it was never her. It was always Shasta Pasta. That was our, our bad guy there. <laughs> Paul, I don't know about you, but after these two, I was like, she's she's just oblivious. She has no idea. Yeah, she might be. Anyway, they pretty much say, I guess Dan didn't even know there was a basement. Julia found it, not Stan. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. She bought this place, didn't look at the blueprints, didn't even know there was a basement. I can't yeah, get a read on her. I know, yeah. me too. She's had like one or two scenes in the beginning few episodes where she like reacts to the name Julia Jane. But like besides that, she hasn't really done anything like, you know, super questionable, you know, besides mm-hmm. not giving the information of the do not resuscitate. But mm-hmm. I don't know. I feel like that would be something on the uh, initiation, not initiation, introduction packet. I think there's a world where she is aware of like the ghosty weird shit that's happening in the house, but actually does want to do good with these kids. Like, I, th- I think there could be a world where she's aware of something, but like in general, she's a decent person. I don't Isn't know. Kind of like the Dudleys from Hill House. Like they knew. Yeah. Yeah. But they weren't bad. Yeah. It could be mm-hmm. kind of like that. Yeah. Like Clara was yelling at Nell at some point, th- different things. And hot mama was like, okay. Or Mm -hmm. I guess it was Steven. Maybe she was yelling at. But anyway, so then Alonka goes to apologize to Anya and Anya is like clearly scared and in denial about what she saw. The shadow that stood up out of the chair before she, quote unquote, died, sort of, basically. And at this point, she's denying it and um, she's just scared. But she blames being high. And then Mm -hmm. just a quick little cute scene. We'll combine them. Sherry so goofy and dorky has as like two of my favorite like very funny moments in these two episodes one being when she just like grabs Alonka's head and measures it and you know she's gonna make a wig because they say throughout the series like don't say anything about the wig she's very sensitive about it and I again I called it in last episode my hot take my house of the dragon hot take of last episode was 
Sherry's telling the truth about every single thing. <laughs> I agree. I agree with that take. I think yeah. you're right. Yeah. Yeah. But then she ends up giving her the wig. And I loved last episode or episode four when when Alanka is talking about how much she misses her hair and it, br- it brings you back to being reminded that these people are missing parts of their lives. They're missing things that were parts of them. And it's sad. So I'm glad she did. That it was really cute and a good friendship mm-hmm. moment. The Paragon Diary, when they do shit like this, it always reminds me of like, I mean, it's not drawn out like this, but when Hermione does the um, Deathly Hallows Mm -hmm. exposition type thing with the animations. So this is the Paragon Diary. So this is Athena's Diary, which ends up being um, Regina Ballard, who is like the Paragon cult leader at that point daughter. She has the diary. Alanka is narrating. She talks about how cults were big in the 20s and the 30s and the 40s, but the Paragon was the worst of the worst. So Regina's husband and son had died. So she created this kind of like wellness, sort of kind of like what Shasta is doing, which is like a very similar parallel, but it ends up going absolutely off the rails and she starts doing blood sacrifices and eventually all the kids escape Athena leading them out. But everyone else but Regina dies during mm-hmm. the cult. And I can just like rip through the five goddesses, which are the five sisters. So there's Panacea, the goddess of universal health, Hygieia, goddess of cleanliness, Iaso, I might have typed that wrong, goddess of recuperation, Algea, goddess of beauty, and Aseo, goddess of the healing process, which is Regina. That is her. So that's mm-hmm. where we see where we land at the end of episode six which is fucking insane and we'll get there but of course our boy kevin is absolutely skeptical as per usual i mean i'd be a little skeptical of this one too because it's a cult but what did you think about all of this you guys talked a lot about um kevin being sketchy last episode and i agree like i even said that in at the end of episode four he had his first flag moment red flag moment there is a moment that happens later that makes like when the ritual comes into play where he's actually all for it. So it makes me question, like, is he really, is it just him being a skeptical human of just saying like, maybe this won't work or is he actually sketchy? So that made it a little bit confusing. Um, But I want to talk about Athena for a second, because this adds another person to the board of who Shasta could be. Yeah. Shasta could also technically still be uh, Regina too. Like there's so many, this she yeah. would grow up to be Shasta, but that was in the that was in 1940 is when they escaped. So unless but they she's also like, say that it granted the cult has granted her a very, very long life, which sure. seems like that could play into that. And then also Stanton could be either of these characters as well. It feels like they, they did put more on the table where now guesses aren't as easy as just saying Shasta is Julia. Totally. If shasta is athena do you think that she would be so gung-ho with having alanka do the ritual because it seems like at the point of athena was like i gotta get the fuck out of here my mom's nuts doing all this Mm -hmm. shit you know but maybe this was like the good parts of it i'm not i'm not sure well did we ever see what happened to athena was the mother the leader of the cult correct no regina was the regina was Okay. Athena's the 16-year-old daughter who who the Paragon diary belongs to. Gotcha. So did we ever see what happened to Regina? We saw all the uh, adults dead, and she was in the middle alive when the cops came. But we didn't see her dead, right? Do we assume she got arrested? 
Didn't yeah. they say that um, she went back to using a different name so they kind of lost the record? Or was that about Julia? I, I don't remember who that was about, but I thought that was about Regina. I could be wrong. She the could still be I, alive, though. Okay. The only reason I asked that is like maybe Regina was the old lady that Alanka keeps seeing because she's there and needs to feed on like the blood or whatever that mm. she was drinking wow. during the ritual. I, like that. I don't um, hate it. Just because, yeah, like we're saying she could be Shasta, but like, I don't know that so much has to go right. And with the whole time and plus Shasta's like Julia Jane, right? Did we? I think, yeah. Yeah. Um, I'm like yeah. going down that road real hardcore. So, yeah. um, so I'll do a little dance because I missed last episode. Um, <laughs> but yeah, that was my guess uh, for, because I'm trying to figure out who the fuck this old lady is. And I'm going to uh, kind of stick with Regina right now. I like it. So, so one other thing, little detail I missed the hourglass. It represents being able to turn it over time and time again. So you get more time, more time, more time. So Shasta ends up saying later when she, when we see the tattoo reveal on her wrist, this isn't from the Paragon. This is from before, like a more ancient thing. So Shasta is like in the Paragon, but believes in the ritual of it all anyway. So whoever she is. That's where we're at. And so that's why I'm thinking she's Julia Jane still. I would like a twist, though. I would like yeah. a little more of a twist. I'm uh, sure Jimmy wrote an essay just off that one scene itself, and he's probably pissed. <laughs> he can't tell us his 10 theories that he came up with. I know. <laughs> Agreed. <laughs> OK, so now we get Amesh's death day, which is the best. Like this guy is the coolest of the whole group, but everyone goes along with it. It's basically a beach funeral for his death day. He wrote his own eulogy speech, which slash speech with Spence uh, reads out and Amesh wants him to read it exactly how he wrote it, which is just so funny. He ends up burying his funeral suit. There's like a lot of really cute moments that happen during it. But what do you guys think of, of the whole beach scene? I was getting mad. The Wilds vibes. Yeah, like, right. Their birthday scenes on the beach and stuff like that. True. Bunch of kids just, that. yeah, just, just rocking it. Um, I, I loved it. Like you said, Amesh is definitely the coolest. You know, some people might like see him as quirky or, or a little weird, but he is just so funny. Right away, too, it was really personable. This whole speech was great in, this, in the monologue that he kind of gives about my parents like this suit. This is what I'm supposed to wear. And but like, I didn't like this and pulls out a T-shirt like game or die. Like, that's fucking <laughs> awesome. Like, ah, yeah, this is more like me. So I just thought <laughs> overall it was a I, I like the mesh in this episode. Just catapulted it up way higher. Is this where we got the first confirmation of his sickness? Because they say he's basically very prone to seizures and can die. His brain's like kind of decaying in that way. I don't know if they said his sickness earlier. This is the first time I'm hearing it or remembering okay. it at least. And that makes sense because that cleared up my observation from episode one or two when they were in the cafeteria and you saw the mark on his neck. Because if they're doing like brain scans or something like that, I'm sure that that all makes sense. So, you know, that tracks. One thing I wanted to ask you guys is, do you think like his sickness is one that can really just come and kill you almost like instantly? Because he wasn't he not was he not the new person until Alanka got there, but now he's passing his death day. So he must have been given a very short life expectancy for him yep. to do this. And that makes it even sadder because I'm actually starting to get a little worried. He can just wake up at any time and just die. And yeah. he needs to bang yeah. Natsuki before that happens. Because, <laughs> come on, that's, you know, that's just going to happen. Um, this was a great episode for her, too. Yeah, yeah she's great. Honestly. Yeah, I mean, while we're talking about that, 
since the Anya episode, she had been holed up in a room with clinical depression. Seems like she's had it for a while. So again, mm-hmm. another thing that is very realistic for somebody who would be in this situation and for literally anybody, clinical depression is, is all over the place. So yeah. I love that. Um, obviously it's in the nineties. So it's not, she says, I didn't even know there was a name for it before they said it. So it's like mm-hmm. mental health awareness is not as prevalent. And it is right now in 2022. So I love that. I mean, it's so cute between Amesh and that's not Like you're fucking kidding me. Everyone's high as balls. It's so good. Oh, so Sandra funny, high. Man. So funny. Everyone like Spence just being like, Sandra is high as fuck. <laughs> like it's yeah. great. It's so funny. Their conversations uh, about Stanton were amazing. Just like she yeah. just, they're going right down the rabbit hole and they're just baked. What if they just like told us the entire plot though? They were like, Stanton brings us all here to feed off of our death. Yeah. Really? <laughs> yeah, what if, yeah. What if that's just straight up? They're giving us the answer um, to continue off of a mesh. He was slurring his words not too long ago in like episodes three and four. And I thought that was kind of a sign of his like brain, you know, failing him. So I uh, was thinking he could drop any second, which would be just heart wrenching. Yeah, I mean, he's I think such I a, that. Yeah, he was slurring um, once or twice, and sometimes he would correct himself. Subtitles, it, hmm. it would even say like you know slurred words, um, and then like corrected. So I was getting nervous because he's a great character, and I'd hate to lose him. Oh, the PlayStation, Cherie, oh, man, yes. just so awesome. She's like wow. really shining these past few. She was like under the radar in the beginning, but yep, she's uh, just being a good person lately. This is some ammo that she is telling the truth. Right. Like this has got to be hard to get. It'd be like getting a PlayStation five today. Impossible. Yeah, totally. And she's actually the bad one and she can just get these anywhere because she's the devil. Nah, I mean, she could. No. <laughs> so just to, before we get to his story, Amesh says he wants two things before he dies to get the girl and save the world. So it kind of plays into the rest of it. Oh, and he also talks about how devastated and scared he is to die before seeing his parents again, which I think is just heart-wrenching and love that guy. He's the best. But before we get to story time, Alanka comes out of the bathroom to see the the scary lady standing over on his bed, follows her into the old-timey house, and then Kevin is there, which honestly... I'm still up in the air even after a second watch. I mean, it is midnight, so obviously they meet there, right? But he did seem like kind of not taken aback, but that maybe he was seeing something too. I'm not sure. Do you guys think he was just there because of Midnight Club or do you think he was seeing something as well? He's sketchbag, right? Like they're lining him up to be one of the options of, of who's all behind this just because of the visions alone. Like, I don't know if, if the visions are trying to lead her to the truth or just craziness because they kept showing him on a bench. You know, that was one of the first scenes we got. Um, and we don't really get any of the other teens in the house um, in those visions. It's really just him. I mean, we got them all dead that one time, but that was about it. So, I mean, this lining him up too, I, I just feel like he could be the one that's living forever. He was like yeah, one that, of the kids that ran away when the it, with the uh, Athena. 
I don't think that could be the case because of the whole um, homecoming thing. Yeah, the family thing. He went to homecoming like he was an enrolled student before he got (sighs) leukemia. So that's what makes it weird. But yeah, this is the second time where Alanka goes on this trippy, just reality warping walk. And it and the ghost that comes up to her turns directly into him. So I think it's just red herring again like i hate to keep throwing that word around because we say it almost every podcast episode but flanagan does that like he does that on purpose because it's such a good plot device and i just think kevin like he's definitely guaranteed to live for a while until we get the end of dusty's story like or else Mm -hmm. that just has no payoff so that's gonna that could be something where he tells that end of that story and it and it somehow connects to how crazy he is i don't know there's something there but as of right now, like all the other people were in the room, if he was the first one at the midnight club to arrive and then like the others walked in, I would have been more sketchy. But once she came to, they were in the background. So it's not like when Alanka walked into the into the room, into the library, like they were already. I don't know. I, I just think it's more red herring. Yeah. Um, the only thing I would say about the, the stories that we're getting and Dusty is that everybody's story seems to be pulling from a little bit of truth from their mm-hmm. background somewhere. And like, I don't know, I'm just uh, the way he portrays Dusty and giving these details of like hearing these voices and telling him to do things. It's just so creepy. And like, I really hope that's not the the little bit of truth in his story. And like, yeah. he's actually crazy and like hears voices telling him to do stuff. Uh, I think Spence is like, damn, my boy Dusty's just fucking doing it. And he's like, he doesn't want to. He never yeah. wants to. Like, he's yeah. like defending him. Like, he's like, no, he never wants to. Mm-hmm. As if it's yeah. a self-doing shit like that. So, And I, I think Amesh even says, I'll give you credit, dude. Like, you're making me feel bad for a kid who's killed a class full of, of little girls or teenage mm-hmm. girls or something. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it's yeah. like, no, he's just, he's just sketchy. Jimmy nailed it where I can't not think about Dexter now. I think like that's just the perfect summation of it. I was like, holy shit. Why didn't we think of that earlier? Before we jump into Amesh's story, the only other thing I wanted to ask about is, do you think it was symbolic at all that that ghost was standing over Anya? And do you think it was just a coincidence or like does each kid that's being haunted have their own specific ghost or was that purposeful for Alanka to see and follow? I'm really trying to put the clues together there because it felt like what was the ghost doing just standing above Anya? Maybe like Paul saying, it could be literally um, Regina like absorbing and feeding off of the kids dying. And that kind of actually makes a lot more sense now that I'm saying it out loud than I had no idea of why she, the ghost was there. But I'm all in on that. But yeah, my yeah. only guess was like Anya was like the closest to death. Natsuki giving that whole talk in therapy when she's like, death lives here, death feeds off you or whatever. I don't know. Mm-hmm. But uh, maybe that old lady can only feed when the person dies. And Anya's the closest to death. So she's like basically looking in a microwave, waiting for her food to be ready. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> good analogy i like that um okay one last thing me and jimmy were pissed last episode that spence never brought up the intercom thing yep and then he fucked it up in the first place he brings it up in this episode but i still don't think he's riding for it as hard as he should the person said hey spence wait and he ran away and then the voice which is who we believe to be as tristan was like well now i can't do it mark's here fuck yeah you yeah know? Like he, she was trying. She said, "No, wait," or something like that. Like, "No, come back. I got, I got things <coughs> to say." Like, she mm-hmm. has proof. So I, I don't know. And then Amesh does a little twist on the toast. So uh, 
toast to days, toast to those days before and to those after, to these days now and to those days beyond, seen or unseen, here or not here. Cheers, everybody. Love to see it. Anything before we jump in? Yeah, Mike Flanagan loves the name Luke. (laughs) Yeah, he does. It's in everything. We got, yeah, right? Hill House, Uh, (laughs) we got got right here. It's great. I love that shit. The only other line i'm trying to take less notes because i feel like i ramble too much whenever i have stuff written so i try to take less notes but i had to take note of time to fuck off evil brownie and it's alanka just trying to study her notes but she's like trying to get on high i was just cracking up you're like in there (laughs) okay so i don't know how much we want to dive into this amesha's story is the best it's based on him in the way where he programs video games just like Either a mesh wants to or it does. I don't know if a mesh just currently has ideas for video games or if he's currently actually doing it. But the best part about it is our boy Raul Coley thrown in the mix, just like the best guy in the world. And he's so good in this. And I would have watched a whole show just on this backstory. Yeah, this was Black Mirror. Like this, it's way yes. more Black Mirror than horror. I said it earlier. It, it was a really good twist. Like, I felt dumb not guessing that Luke and Vincent were the same person, even after we found out about Becky and Kara being the same person and like the Ray Frederick thing. It was just it was so well done for such a short story. And it was awesome. And it ends with um, Angels right for Sandra, who misses it, but still sweet. How poetic is that? That is just ridiculous. I just loved Raul Coley. I mean, Michael Truco, too. He, He was, you know, the crazy frederick in the future i love him it's great to see him back and it's just the cameos and like the little flanagan family tree that we're planning now of like little different cameos we can get i love it mm-hmm. so I don't know anyone if- else getting plot of the hundred vibes stuck on the space station <laughs> similar yeah, that was nice yeah. Yeah. And it's literally like prime fire. You saw like at, po- at parts where the whole earth was encompassed. It was just, again, so well done. I, I can't believe that I'm saying that the, the least scary one is the best midnight yeah. club ghost story told, but that's also until we get the end of dusties because I've been very interested in that. And I need to, and also the end of um, Alanka's witch story, because they both seem pretty interesting, but we need to get conclusions before we can rank those. Is it safe to say that this was the best uh, story told? Because Natsuki's in episode one. Did you see one uh, oh, Guinness World Record? Yes. I did see that. Yes. See and that. it was like the most jump scares in like 30 seconds. And it was like 17 or fucking something ridiculous. I that was, was yeah. scared for every one of them. So I, I <laughs> love that. <laughs> it was so it's funny. like Natsuki's story was the. The, that episode's called the final chapter. So I we missed all the whole story. So we only mm-hmm. got the end. I would have liked to see the beginning, but yeah, yeah. that that's crazy that they want. I went. I, there's no shot they were actually doing that. I'm sure someone who saw the show prior was like, <laughs> "Oh shit, that's got to be a record," and then <laughs> and then contacted somebody from there. But so cool. <laughs> I loved it, and Amesh wanted to get the girl and save the world, and he figured out how to do it. And it's also the heart condition. Like it kind of reminded me of the next story that Alanka tells about you shouldn't, you could see the future, but you shouldn't change it type deal. Except in this one, he does change it and lives through. Yeah. I don't know. Lots of twists, lots of turns. I Sloppy love time travel Violation. rules, but that's totally just like, cause it's not important. It's like supposed to yeah. be kind of like a kid making the story. Actually, I was thinking that 
I loved when old Ray, I forget it, Freddie, Frederick, remembering new memories. Like, Mm -hmm. I I know she's acting up because my younger self is like interacting with her and I can remember it in my brain, which is cool. Because I feel like I never see that in time travel stuff. It's always like, I'm just waiting to disappear. If I screw something up, I'll just disappear or something like Mm -hmm. that. Oh, you should watch Dark. I've seen season one. (laughs) (laughs) Poor Sandra missed the angels. That was the best. As we move forward past Amesha's story, Anya wets the bed and Alanka takes care of her. And we get this. uh, Of course, she doesn't want Alanka to help her, but eventually she gives in and Anya opens up and finally lets her walls come down and tells the story. And Anya's story from previous episode is almost exactly like her life. And all she did was add a slight metaphor of the devil in it. You know, that's all she did. The ballet thing was the same. They traveled. And then it's a sad story of she snuck out. Her parents went to find her and they die. So you think if you never snuck out that one night, your parents would still be here. You blame yourself forever. And you become Anya, who's very protective of people but also just like the hardest exterior of all time because she doesn't want to let people in so i thought that was a great backstory confirmed that her legit story she told is almost completely her life down to the statue that jimmy called it was the same leg oh paul called paul called it was the same leg on the on the um statue that the she throws at her best friend same thing so great call paul i I thought it was episode Three, so that's why I said Jimmy. I guess it was episode two that that happens in. Good call. Even more okay. impressive. Um, <laughs> so uh, I think the biggest thing that I got away from that talk and that interaction is she looks at Alanka. She's like, "I don't want to die. Like I want to live." And she kind of like breaks down there. And also in the spirit of keeping your Anya has been there the whole time, and she's a part of the ghost situation, Kathleen. She didn't say what year it was when her parents went out looking for her and skidded on ice and died. So maybe that happened, but it was like 1910 and like super long time ago. <laughs> it's true. So yeah. I'm keeping that in the back pocket for the sake that. of the for the sake of the theory. I love that. And one last thing, we get the smooch. Smooch of a lifetime. Amesh gets the girl and she's the one who makes the move adore that because he's just such a sweet boy and she just jumps on that which I love yeah yeah that's our guy love that i love that they uh didn't go to bed without anything they got a little smooch i was Mm -hmm. like turn around turn back around (laughs) all right next episode which it's a double feature we open with kevin's part two of the story so we open with dusty over a girl smashes her and then all of a sudden the little brother walks in and he's like fuck and they struggle a little bit and then he ends up killing him as well which obviously is like not something you wanted to do seems like this is the episode we get where it's all women he kills i actually haven't paused with everyone in it to see who's behind like screaming when he sees everyone he's killed but in this story when my mom says a name like the girls don't deserve it. The girls never deserve it. He says the girls as if it's like always going to be a teenage girl or something like it, that. Yeah. Is it not? That was just that's like what a I was getting that. Yeah. confirming. Totally I didn't was. know until this episode that that was that. I thought he was just like anyone that, that any name they said. All right, I'm about to beat your fucking face in. You know. <laughs> anyway. I have two comments for this story. One is I loved 
that I mean, I guess it's just kind of timely with Netflix having have just dropped the Evan Peters Dahmer thing, but they're they're talking about how many kills this guy has, this Dexter, yeah. this Bay Harbor butcher, right? And they're right. like more than Dahmer, less than Bundy. <laughs> it's just like a cool little line that they throw in there because yeah. serial killers are it right now, apparently. And then the other thing I wanted to bring up was I thought that the mom in this part of the story was the single creepiest thing that, that the show has done so far. And I like it was one of those things where I had to just kind of like look behind me just for reassurance, just for, you know, just to be a little bit more comfortable. And I was like, yep. damn, she is creepy as fuck. You know how the cameos of our like ultra stars, like hot mama, they're supposed to be in here. What are the chances that she was the mom just in crazy amount of makeup? It can't be. Nah. I, I, nah. I know. Carla Gugino. I know what her body looks like. (laughs) That's our hot mama. I was waiting for that to be like somebody because I mean, it means not a whole lot, but she's coming back multiple episodes because he's telling the story off Dusty over multiple episodes. So I was like, I don't know. Maybe see her. Wasn't she actually his mother? Like that's the mother's actor Mm -hmm. from the family. Uh, Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Well, that's hot mama in a bunch of (laughs) me. Obviously, Kevin is drawing such inspiration from Alanka in real life to cast her in his in his story as Sheila, who's just digging and digging. And it's exactly how Alanka would be in real life. And it's just making me be like, Kevin's a bad guy. If Alanka is so true, Kevin is so true. He is fucking Etch-A-Sketch, dude. He is suspect number one. Since we're not going to get a chance to do this because usually the stories are self-contained, let's just quickly put it on the board of does Dusty kill Sheila? No, I think she kills him. Yeah, I was going to say she figures him out first and like gets him in a trap Mm -hmm. or whatever. Okay, Uh, I'm in. I'm in. But I'm going to say that Dusty kills the shit out of her. Horrible ending. Hammer? Yeah. Detective Stanton, I couldn't tell if she was on to him or not by that Einstein questioning. Yeah, she was reacting weird to some, and then she would act completely oblivious with her next question. I mean, here's the real question. This has been an open serial killer case for 40 years. Obviously, that's not Kevin been alive for 40 years. What do you think? You think this serial killer kind of thing has been passed along to people and they just kill it with the same M.O.? Or do you like, do you have any theories about that? Is what the same M.O. is, is just the symbol? That gets passed down when the bodies get left there. I guess the symbol and no body. If it is, it's got to be ghost related rather, which obviously most of these things are rather than like Dusty just being a psycho that's being manipulated. Like it has to be more than that if it's going to transcend decades. Yeah. But no, I have no fucking guess, you know. Yeah. I don't know. It's Dusty. Just stay young forever. (laughs) A.K.A. He stays young forever in the real world. And that's why he's like a ghost. Maybe. Yeah, but I don't know, because like all the bodies would be in the same cave then, right? Because that's where he takes them and buries them like on this this weird road. So I don't know. All right. Next, Alanka, she says, if y'all are ready for it, I've got a double feature. And everyone's like, let's go. They love that. Like been a while. So uh, she tells a story about magic, love, family, fate and a girl who wants to save somebody. This is so classic Alanka. She just is like such a lover and a healer, wants to do anything she can to fix people. And I think she says 
Um, well, we'll get to it, but she says like she would literally do anything to save the people in, in this at Brightcliff, right? So it's scrying. It's cool. It's like very, they're witchy, right? They have the, the ability to see the future, but you don't want to change it. And the one morning that her mom heeds is don't scry at night. And then, of course, she's like, we have plenty of time for me to explain why. <laughs> Dies. <Yeah. laughs> like classic. But now it's just a back and forth of she sees Kevin's character get shots and now she's trying to avoid that and it ends up happening anyway. But then it gets cut off by Anya's head just fucking hitting the table, passing out. So it was an interesting story. I liked it. It fit Alonka. I I want way more, though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Of course. It was drawing such parallels and I couldn't tell if it was like just a coincidence. Like Alonka with her scrying, she saw I forget his name in the in the scrying story but um yeah. it's Ke- it's kids kevin right like ben. Mm-hmm. It's ben like she sees him in that story in a vision and then meets him and then mm-hmm. like in real life she saw him in a vision and then meets kevin at bright cliff and then she's also telling the story about doing anything intervening and helping will cause consequences and then this episode, she's like, oh, well, if you do this ritual, we can intervene there. I don't see consequences. And it's like, didn't you just give us a story about this earlier this mm-hmm. episode? So I don't know. It was just so, so many similarities between her story there. And I don't know if it was coincidence or not, but. I'm pretty good on that story. I just want to point out Anya looks insanely different and crazy with that. Just like her look in the car. Yeah. Now we're the therapy. Everyone's big, sad. And um, Spence and Natsuki hope that Anya goes easy, gentle and quick. And Alanka says, no, like we've got a fight. I'm waiting on cancer with a Molotov and a machete. Such a dope line. She says she hopes Anya runs into its old run. Yeah, runs into its old wrinkly, ugly face with her rips. That's why I was like, my notes are saying with her (laughs) fucking teeth. Yeah. Um, but she doesn't nice. care what it costs. She'd burn the world down to save any of them. Yeah. And then Stan does the whole like you can't fight gravity line, which uh, basically pissed all over her yeah. fighting monologues and stuff like that. And um, that's what sends her off into the woods. But, you know, I don't know. Stan, like she's acting so weird here. And like mm-hmm. the way she says, like, these kids are going to die. She, like the way she says, says it so certainly. Like I, I know she's saying like she's trying to prepare her for when they actually do pass. But like the way she says it so certainly and the way like Anya comes back and is like, oh, it's a good thing because now you can say goodbye. And she's not like going towards maybe there's a chance you could survive. I don't know. That's what I found the most sketch about Stan, that she's so certain these kids are going to die. Yeah. Yeah, my half-baked new idea is that she was involved somehow in the Paragon, went back to medical school, whatever, is now a legit healer but also still kind of believes in in the power of Brightcliff and whatever comes with it. So maybe she bought it or maybe she's trying to protect against that specifically. I don't know. I can't. Which is so why she doesn't like Shasta. Then. Yeah. That would make Do sense. we see her wrists? Do we see uh, Stanton's wrists? That's a great she's, call. I she's don't got know. that tattoo. Damn. That'd be cool. <laughs> yeah. uh, but we also found out, I think, for the first time, Anya's infliction that she has, which is Sep sepsis it's just a bacteria infection that's killing her own tissue within her own body so so we weren't wrong to have missed out on all of these like terminal illnesses they've kind of been slow dripping them a little bit to us so sepsis isn't 
the terminal disease sepsis oh, is what happens what when just... infection comes yeah. like when you go into gotcha. sepsis you can have any sickness and then sepsis like takes over your body and and you get infection so i still don't know she she says it right in the leg something cancer in her leg that's why she has to oh you're to right when she, leg. Yeah, yeah you're right, you're right. yeah but i, I was a but, i was a business major i don't know anything about them <laughs> <laughs> i watch a lot of Grey's anatomy um, but <laughs> Alanka gives a great little mon- monologue here to Anya, who is in bed. She's asleep and not really responsive. Wanted Anya to like her so much back then. But now all she wants to do is wake up and just fucking yell at her like always. Um, she thanks her for calling her on her BS, for being her sister. She says, I love you. Um, and she'll try to make peace with it if she has to go. And then Anya wakes up and is like, I want to live. And then Alanka's like, oh, we got to do anything we want to. We need yep. to like make her live. So she, who she run to? Shasta Pasta. Great. The Shasta Pasta girl. And soon as she says, Stanton said that you can't fight gravity. She's like, is that what that bitch said? Yeah. <laughs> she immediately was like, like, that sounds oh. just like her. Yeah. Uh, everyone wants to shove needles and radiation in their face. But no, for thousands of years, we don't we just want to ignore the nature that's around us. That has been helping everybody for so long. and just like loses our mind. It's so funny. It's a great it's a great little monologue. I like that Shasta just a lot. That just gave me another half baked theory that I just came up with right now. What if. Shasta is the natural remedy OG Paragon Regina member. So she gets the super long life, which is explaining why she's young. And Stan is her daughter, Athena, which is why that they're so against each other, because the one doesn't want anything to do with Paragon, while the other one is all in on these Uh, these remedies and she's facilitating it. And even though Stan looks younger, she could actually be. I'm sorry. Even though Stan looks older and, you know, real time, she could really be younger and the daughter. Yes. Yep. Fuck, dude. I'm in. I like that. If she was 16 in 1940, that means she was and and she didn't have any of the of the stuff that Regina had done to her to keep her young. She'd be like old as fuck. She'd be like 60. No, it's only 50 50 years later. That means she'd be born in 24. And now she's 16 and 40. We skipped 50 years. So she's 66 ish. A little bit older, but that's that is a little bit on the edge of 70. believability. She'd like, yeah, yeah, she'd yeah, be like yeah. seventy, but you know, who knows? Damn, it's, they should have made it's her a little bit younger. It's on the I like board it. at least. I like it. My yeah. brain's like <laughs> doing <laughs> all kinds of out. like she kind of is just showing red flags of being suspicious since the first episode, just because like she's just telling you these crazy things. But the fact that she's always checking those freaking monitors is making me feel a little weird, too. She's like, oh, I saw you on the monitor again, blah, blah, blah. Even though maybe Alonka was going out there for to talk with her, too. But that was just a sketch sign, too. And I know we get sketch signs from everywhere, but I don't I know how that. I feel about that. I'm completely, again, I could just be making shit up off the top of my head. But like, I don't know exactly how time, if there's like a difference in how time flows in the woods or whatever, because she was talking about like the healing vortex. And I don't know if like the hourglass, I know we talked about the tip paragon, you can turn it over and over. But like, if that had time to do with it at all, just because we know probably there's something to do with aging, whether it's the rituals or, you know, being in this vortex area that she's talking about. I don't know. That's the only thing that I was uh, getting with there, but 
when she was given the whole response to Stanton's You Can't Fight Gravity, and she's going off this great, giving this great speech about, you know, Luke already touched on it. Oh, that's considered crazy, and this is normal, but really, you know, it depends on what time you're on. And then all of a sudden she says, like, you come here, you get that water, like, you're right. You're going to, you'll need a little less than a gallon. And then I like, I like shot up and I was like, what? She was like, we should also talk about the five sisters. I assume you've done your reading. And I'm like, whoa, 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 write this down. Like she's basically just admitting that like, this is all completely right. And she's saying, how many women are there? Uh, It's like with us four up with me, I'm five. That's perfect. You're going to need five. And then we see the tattoo. And I was like, holy shit, all this, all this information dumping in 45 seconds, like out of nowhere. I was so hyped. But she does denounce the Paragon saying like this is an older and greater thing than the Paragon. So she is yeah. claiming that she's nothing to do with it. Paragon was a phase. A yeah. Phase. yeah. So, Luke, I do want to say to your just to follow up on your comment about the monitor sketching you out. I'm thinking that Shasta slash JJ truly sees something in Alanka and like wants Alanka to get there. Like, she mm-hmm. finally sees so much. She keeps saying. I haven't bumped into anyone as smart as you in a really long time. Like she saw something in Alanka right away. So I think she keeps like hoping that Alanka will get there and to get there. She needs to come to Shasta, get the water. You know what I mean? I I think so it's, it's more of a like, so it's a, like a good old I, fashioned house, of the dragon wardship kind of thing. Going yeah, on here. Exactly. For sure. hundred <laughs> yeah. percent. So I think right. it's more of like a, she sees the potential and the like woo woo in Alanka, and she was right. So, yeah, much yeah. woo woo to be seen. Classic slicing the hand, like every TV show I've ever seen, just grabbing a knife. Like, you will not catch me doing that. I'm not doing I, that. I'm sorry. On the palm, you use your palm all the time. I don't use like a different part of my body than one that completely flexes. It's always I the always freaking think about this. Naruto does it too. It's ridiculous. Like, dude, you flick my nose, I'll have a nosebleed. Boom, done. All the blood you want, dude. Right there. All the blood like, you want. I got extra blood. What the fuck? <laughs> Wait until I'm on my period, and then we'll talk. Like, why? Yeah, that was I- just inappropriate. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. But regardless, they're cutting the shit out of themselves way too much. Like, I don't know. With the same knife. They talk about getting into it before they actually do the ceremony, right? Like, there's that one scene where they have to convince each other, and then Sandra freaks out. Yeah, she drops the F-bomb. She is serious. Yeah. Yeah. And that that makes sense. Coming from someone super religious, like, you can't really convince someone to do devil worship kind of things. And even Amesh was, in the beginning, he was like, dude, I'm so happy you said, you said you're scared no. <laughs> because like I'm like really scared, but I didn't, I'm the new guy. I didn't want to say anything, but yeah, I'm really scared. Yeah. Natsuki and the bad dream of Sandra's basically convince her. Natsuki's so sweet. I love that little cute little scene, but it convinces Sandra and she shows up. And another good thing that they covered up for us because me and Jimmy and all of us at that point mm-hmm. about the elevator, we we're like, how'd they get back up? Someone must have gone down and got them. If they make us aware that there's no button later in the season, they can't just forget about earlier in the season how Anya, yeah. Kevin, and Alanka got back up. So someone must have went down and got them. But I'm Agreed. glad they touched on that. That was they cool. touched and on the- your guys' biggest your biggest gripes in your la- in the last podcast. Correct. So that's good that they cleared that up. And then I also we can just open dialogue for the ritual too if we want. But I just want this is the scene that I was talking about earlier where Kevin becomes it's the opposite of a flag where he says like let's do it, unless well, that is a flag. 
Yeah, it's exactly a flag. That's what I'm going to say. Everybody's so scared. Everybody's saying, oh, fuck this, fuck this. And then all of a sudden, he's like, oh, shit, they're not going into my evil plan. And he's like, I'm in. You know what? And then he pulls them off. Wow. Yeah. So okay. I, I, took that, I took that as a red flag off the bat. And somehow, because he's so charming, like Dusty is in every single one of his stories, he's so charming that he charmed everybody into saying yes. And I, <laughs> I left on a mesh was just like, you said no, and then Natsuki, Natsuki said yes, so he was like, all right, fine, fuck him in. All technology <laughs> looks like magic before we understand it anyway. And I was like, fucking, I love that line. You're in the 90s, and you knew that. That's incredible. Yeah. Here's the second Sherry line. Amazing. I guess I don't know what normal is because this all seems perfectly reasonable to me. Like, Sherry's yeah. wild. She's such a wild card. And that was my second favorite line by her. So fucking good. But anyway... So- Let's talk yeah. about it. This well, is let's wild. just go right into this ritual thing because this is this is great. I did not think we were going to have this already with seven, eight, not seven, eight, nine, ten, four episodes left. Like that's, I, I really didn't think we were getting here. And I'm hoping that because we're escalating this much, especially with the end shadow kind of thing, reaching out at Anya, that this means that we're still going to be getting a, every episode Midnight Club ghost story, and it doesn't just turn into okay, like shit hitting the wall, like everything's crazy. I don't want that to happen yet, which is why I'm so surprised this happened so quickly, because it seems like something physically is going to happen right at the beginning of the next episode because the ritual worked. Episode seven is called Anya. So it's literally just called Anya. Wow. She's dead. That's wild. Yeah, I agree, Luke. Like I was thinking because obviously the last cliffhanger we got of Anya falling out of her chair, you know, the next two minutes of the of the next episode resolved it. So I was thinking like I really hope this is like a big cliffhanger moment. Like the shadows reaching out. I hope it's not going to just be like, you know, Anya opens her eyes at the beginning of the next episode, and that's it. There's no shadow reaching out anymore. I hope. I hope all you're saying there's an actual, you know, real life consequence. But um, there will be. I think like she's yeah. either going to be starting to like show signs of her terminal illness, like going away. Or literally straight up, she'll be dead. I feel like one of those two things is going to happen over the next episode. And if she does die and they take that route, Anya's too important of a character where we're going to see her attempt to reach the living again. So I think one of those things is going to happen. Total guesswork. But um, we can talk more about that. But I do think we should definitely bring up each person's item that they use in the ritual. Mm -hmm. Um, I have, do you have that written down. Okay, cool. Yeah, go yeah. For it. So these were all like really touching tributes and sacrifices they made. Some of them, I'm like, oh, you're really giving that up. Like, that's great. So Alanka gave a bracelet from her foster mom, Maggie. So confirmed, Maggie is the foster mom. Mm-hmm. And after she passed away, she made sure she touched the bracelet each day. So she gave that. Uh, Kevin gave a track medal, which he says signifies his freedom that he obviously no longer has. Spence gave a bunch of movie tickets that were from movies he saw with his mom, who he obviously does not have a good relationship with anymore. Sherry gave notes from a girl that in, that was in her class that she wrote her of, and she says she was in love with her, but she's never told anybody that before. So that was really sweet. Love that reveal. Natsuki gave something from a car crash she survived, which I don't it was know. A, that I think we it was the knew. car keys. I think yeah. it was like the it's thing like ha- dangling from like the, okay. the rear yeah. view mirror. Either way. Yeah. She says it's- that any luck she had that day, she hopes it transfers to Anya. Amesh gave his favorite picture of his dad, which is really sweet. We know that he misses his parents so much. That's really fucking sweet. And the last one was Sandra 
something from a boy she loved. I'm, I'm actually not sure what it was. I think it was a girl. Like it, she, it was her best friend back in the day, and she didn't admit until now that she actually like loved loved her. No, that's. I think that's Sherry. Sandra. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, Sandra does the one from the boy. It's yes, like a coin sorry. kind of thing, right? He's something. Totally yeah. 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 The, after the blood, because they needed the five sisters, Alanka also dumps the blood on. Um, and they're all like, who's from, that? From Shasta. Yeah. And, and she <laughs> doesn't say. And she doesn't say. So I'm like thinking at this point, does Alanka know? that Shasta's name is actually Julia Jane. Do you think they, she shared that information because when she was giving her all this, she cuts Shasta cuts her hand and then it cuts to Alanka trying to convince everybody. So I don't know if Alanka got more information from Shasta that she's not sharing with everybody else. Like that's well, she must have, because how else would she have known the ritual without there being some off-screen conversation? But I don't know if it would have been as dramatic as saying like, Hey, like wink, wink, I'm actually Julia. I would hope so, but Alanka would have said it to get them to buy. Yeah, it. she would have yeah, been yeah. like, "Guess who I'm at?" When she says, "Like whose blood is that?" She's not going to be like, "Oh yeah, Shasta, this girl that I met out in the woods that you guys probably never met before." Like, yeah, that wouldn't but make sense. She did tell them about did... her yeah. earlier in the season. They're yeah, like, "Shasta, they're that's like, not her name." I've never been out there. <laughs> that's not yeah. her birth name. <laughs> was it just her blood, or was there something else too? Like, did Shasta not need to put her thing in there? Like something that was important to her. I thought originally it was like a natural healing. I didn't think it was blood originally. I originally thought it was like natural healing, something that Shasta would have cared about. And that would have been the tribute. And then the blood thing would have came in. But it seemed like that was the blood, right? Yeah, it was definitely the blood. All these tokens going into the fire. Did that remind anybody else of the locket that Alaka found in the desk and Anya? Like kind of grabbed it was Rachel's old one, and then the only reason I say that is because everybody had like such a st- uh, these items held such meaning for these people. Like a locket, obviously meant it was a symbol of something that meant a lot to them. Like way back in the day, because Anya's been around forever, and this is how <laughs> she pulls all the kids in. So I'm I don't know. I just all I'm saying is all those items being sacrificed remind me of the locket, and I don't know if that was an old one. Somebody sacrificed that to save Anya, and Anya does her shisey shit and eats all their souls and then takes the locket. And it's like, hey, this is mine. That's Tim Foyle. I like it. <laughs> just a little bit. It's the uh, dumb waiter I, all over again. Like, yeah. Like, what does the locket have to do? Like, I just want to know why do they spend so much time on it? Yeah. I want to um, point out that with the Spence thing, when he does the cut, like, obviously, he they throw the comment in there about that you can't get it this way. But when they pour the water over her head, I was freaking out a little bit. I'm not going to lie. Like if Spence's age blood was on your head and then you pour the water on it, like that is a legit way you could probably get AIDS, right? Yes. If it goes into an anything. orifice. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Anything. I, also I was that freaking out about that. Spence pulled out his own pocket knife to like cut. His yes. Head. They yeah, did yeah, like yeah. touch that. I was going to wonder, like, I was like, are they just going to let him go you. last? <laughs> just let him yeah. go last. And then anybody else that tries <laughs> this ritual in the future will literally die. But it's a really sweet moment, though, when she's like, I wouldn't care even if it did. Because she's like, mm-hmm. listen, brother, I'm dying right now. If I can get a few more, <laughs> a few yeah. more months in, I'm, I'm cool with that. So yeah. it was like really cute. Uh, Anya and everybody seems like they each had their individual moment coming up to you know, put their blood on her as weird as that sounds, but like, it was a really yeah. cute moment every time. We didn't even bring up the clothes warning 
that said don't in oh, all caps. Shit. Yeah. So we're going to talk about that right now because my original thought before we got any other conversations about it, like San- Sandra comes down and says, like, did you see anything weird down here? Yay. I thought it was either Stanton or Sandra as my guess of who would have put it down there. But was like Sandra is taken off the board, right? Or was that like her way of being like, did you see any signs that I kind of just put down here to throw you off? Like, I can't really think. I feel like it wasn't Sandra. Complete same thought process. I thought it was like a big omen. And then Sandra comes down and says that. And I was like, oh, okay. So it was Sandra trying to like yeah. dissuade her. Like I, I that's uh, initially what I thought because Sandra's so weird about it. Mm-hmm. So I thought the only reason she said that is because of the dream she has. So Sandra has this dream. She goes downstairs. She goes to talk to Alonka. And then it's almost like she gets taken by all these like oh. members thing. So yeah, I think yeah. Sandra was like trying to heed that as a warning to be like, you didn't see anything weird down here first. Right. And then oh, I was like, nah, dude. Okay. <laughs> so Can you so stand what do you guys think? Talk for me? I think it's, if it's not Sandra. God, Kevin. So, no, not even Kevin. I no, that off no. the board. Not Kevin. Can't be Kevin. Um, I don't know. I don't. It could was be. It, I don't think it's any of the kids. Was it the ghost that was over Anya, the one that was down there originally when Alanka went down there? Like maybe the ghosts are team kids and anti Paragon, and like they're just maybe the ghosts are like the ritual. What it does is it traps your like soul there, and like they can't leave, and they're actually not evil. They're just like stuck there because of the ritual, and they're saying like, "Don't do this again," because everybody that's not being healed is basically going to be sacrificed to be like a living ghost. That's really the only thing I can get, unless Stanton is just this sketchy person that's somehow involved in this. I I, I don't know because it can't be Shasta. It's interesting. Can't believe I, I almost skipped over that. It's out of control. That was the coolest part. <laughs> I know. It was awesome because she just yeah. tries to hide it right away. Yeah, the only way to get down there is like the elevator, right? So they were all standing ghost. out there. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And there's there's like a super secret tunnel that we don't know about yet. Um, and Stanton's like creeping in the walls. But yeah, I mean, something's happening. It's conjuring something. Anya's like pleading for more time. And then she's like, ah, oh, shit. And then yeah. I did see the thumbnail for the next episode. I won't say anything, but mm-hmm. it's kind of giving me an idea of what's of, of what's to come. What's happening? So I have not a question. Really. Not at all, actually. <laughs> so when I was just like, I was kind of just like reading my notes for episodes one to two. And I don't think we ever got an answer or maybe it was even three, four. And I was just listening to the pod and I wrote it down. But there was initials written next to the Paragon symbol, GB. Yeah, it was the last podcast because if me or Paul would have been on there, we would have made a gravity bomb joke, but we didn't. (laughs) Like I was, I've been trying to rack my brain like GB. Like I was like, I'm always like listening for these. Like, is it one of the Greek God references? Is it one of like, I can't think of anything that GB is like popping up as even like characters of any of these making ghost stories. I don't, nothing sticks out. Do, Do we have any guesses? Is there anything that, Nothing. Um, my only guess was that once they get the book with all the midnight club and the meeting minutes being held, maybe there was a member with a, you know, the name GB. Like if I go mm-hmm. back to that picture where they all signed their names, was there a GB there? Don't remember yeah. anybody, but nobody comes to mind, but I'm, um, I'm waiting for one of the kids that uh, Athena escaped with to like come back into play. I don't know why, but I am. It's never going to come back into play. How Could about have been the youngest um, one? We have a 
someone we went to school with, her name was Regina, but her nickname that people called her was Gina. So G, but I don't know. Regina, <laughs> G, Gina. Okay. That's lesson? all I got so far. It was yeah. Regina. My if it ends with a B, game over. Ballard. Are oh. you fucking serious? Yeah. Oh, it's Gina yeah. Ballard. It's Gina yeah. Ballard then. Yeah. Well, Hell yeah. GB. That's so Gone. sick. And that that was on um that was on Shasta's land. That was not on the Brightcliff land. Just so you know. Which True. would make sense with the mother yeah. with her being yeah. Regina and then Stanton being the daughter. Boom. Gina Ballard. This is Gina Ballard's land, Paragon land. Fucking done. Oh my that was God. absolute just like magician. team figured it out. That was you're a that magician, was, Luke. That was totally a joke about the Regina thing, but I did not anticipate the ballot. But they <laughs> were like, like if it starts with a B, <laughs> fucking we're taking off. It's Ballard. <laughs> Let's fucking go. That's a if great we see anywhere. Oh my god. Jimmy's gonna love that. <laughs> I know. That's perfect. That's gonna be it. Um, that's all I believe, like 95% in on that. that Any was, other I, final I theories? Are you no, kidding me? You want me to try and top that? <laughs> I know, right? I was just, I was just asking. We good then? On the board, does Anya die? Like in the next episode because of the ritual specifically? I hope not. I hope she gets cured and Alaka and her walk out cured. But I'm going to say no. Because I said she was going to be the first one to die after episode two. But now she's gone all through this. I'm like, nah, she's good. She's not going to die. I don't know that the kids will ever forgive Alanka if she dies after doing this like wonky thing. And and same thing as Sandra was like, maybe don't bring a bunch of immunocompromised kids into a dirty ass basement and put your blood all over. Mm-hmm. Her. <laughs> yeah. I mean, she didn't say that end part, but I'm saying the end part. So <laughs> I'm going to guess she is going to die. I don't want that, but I'm going to just okay. put that on the board. Yes. And I'm going to stick with what I said earlier that I think it's the opposite where I think she'll actually start to be cured slowly where they're going to think like nothing happened. And then it just slowly starts. She gets better. Um, But we'll find out. All right. That's our episodes five and six of the midnight club. If you like what you heard, give binge town TV a follow on Twitter and Instagram. Go check out our many other shows we're covering and have covered in the past on anywhere you listen to podcasts, Spotify, Apple, 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 (laughs) anyway. um, Yeah. We're covering house of the dragon currently Rick and Morty. And the Vampire Academy on Peacock, which is a brand new show. If you want to go check out and you're one to do some spooky vampire shit on Halloween, it's a great show. Yeah, that's all I got. We are Binge Town TV. And thanks for listening. Hail Satan. You're listening to the Geekscape Network. 